passage of Scripture tonight, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37. We'll start a reading. And you don't have to look around long or look at the news and see that we're in a mess. And I feel like that it probably the best stage that's ever been set for the need of an Antichrist. And I believe we're in the last days, I really do. And it'd be all right with me. Uh, if the Lord came back tonight, I'd be, I'd be pleased with that. And uh, I'm not anchored too deep into this world. And uh, I believe we have a lot of Christians that are, a lot of saved people as I travel across the country uh, that are anchored in deep in this world. And God help us tonight. I want to preach a little bit on, as it were, in the days of Noah. Look, if you will, in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Look at verse 39. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. I'm afraid we living in that day so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. First of all, Noah said that men would live for pleasure. He said they'd be eating and drinking. And we live in that day. It's amazing how people, and I'm not being mean tonight, but I'm being honest, how that people will lay out a church on Sunday to go to a race or go to a ball game. And uh, they just say, well, that's all right. But you see, that's what he said in the last days, Brother Kraft, that it would be that way, that people would love pleasure more than they love God. God help us. I don't want to be guilty of that. I want to love God more than anything in this world. Amen. He is worth serving and loving. Hallelujah. Number two, he said they would be pairing up. They would be marrying and giving in marriage. And that, that means there that they would lose the sacredness of marriage. And that's where we are. They're getting married for three months. And then if they don't like that mate, they'll divorce and get married for three more months. Or then six months and then five months. And what he's saying is they lost it. Listen to me. I'm not trying to throw stones people that have been divorced and remarried. But our young people ought to know, hallelujah, when you get married, you plan to get married to stay together until Jesus comes or until death do it part amen if we can't preach on it because uh, that it's present then we can't preach on anything it's still right amen the plan to get married and stay together until jesus comes he said in the last days uh, they would lose uh, that sacredness uh, of marriage. Uh, they already have a plan B uh, before they ever get married. There should be a plan B, amen. There's no plan B. Well, if it don't work out, we'll do this. What do you mean? If you've got doubts, you shouldn't be getting married. Amen. We loosen that in this day of... I thank God me and Patty have been married for over 25 years. 
Dr. Siler got to perform the ceremony and I thank God for that and have that picture, hallelujah. But uh, God help us in this day and hour and what's sad, it used to be in the world but now it's in the church. It's the same way. I'd asked somebody, Brother Kevin, a few months ago, I said, I heard old so-and-so got married. How are they doing? And they said, oh, they divorced in six weeks. Six weeks. See, that's what he's talking about. That's the way, Brother Lucky, it's going to be in the last day. And that's why I believe we're in the last of the last days. Then number three, we know here that they're preoccupied. He said they knew not until the flood came and took them away. If I've ever seen the church, 39 years that I've been saved to be preoccupied. It's tonight. We've got so much on our mind. We've got so much that we're doing in the world. The devil knew what he was doing to get people working four on and three off. And this week here, that week there, it got them used to missing Sunday morning and Sunday night. And before you know it, they got out of church. We're preoccupied with our job, with our family. Let's get back to the day where God is first in our life. He deserves it. Amen. He deserves to be first in our life. Preoccupied. Most of the time when we come to church, we have so much on our mind that we're preoccupied with what we've got to do tomorrow, what's going to happen on the job, with our finances, all oh, for the day to come back in the house of God and think about Him. That all we want to do, Brother Morgan, is to worship Him when we come into the house of God. Not be so preoccupied. I'll tell you what we've got to have. We have got to have, as I travel across the country, we have got to have a revival of consistency. Get back to being consistent in the things of God. Get back to Bible reading. You say, oh, that's pretty shallow preaching. I know, but it's got most people beat to be consistent in that Bible reading and that praying and getting with God and walking with Him and be preoccupied with Him and not the world. I heard an old preacher man say last year, a fellow said, I want you to listen to this. A man had emailed it to him and there's an old preacher man and you could hear the tremor in his voice. He said, I tell you, what's wrong with the church today? We become married to the world and I'm going to tell your friend that's where we are we're preoccupied with this world with the God somebody get a desire to get full of the Holy Ghost and live for Jesus it's the best thing you'll ever do amen hallelujah it's the best thing you'll ever do is live for Jesus turn with me if you will to Genesis chapter 6 we're going to see how it was in the days of Noah. The Bible said, first of all, verse 5 of chapter 6, we see the condition of the world. The condition of the world. Have you ever heard anybody make this statement? If God doesn't judge America, He'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I've got news for you. God don't have to apologize to nobody. Amen. He is judging our country if you haven't figured that out. It's flooding in one place and a drought in another. Tornadoes in one place and hurricanes in another. An earthquake. 
that was all the way from Washington, D.C., down to Virginia, down in South Carolina, over in Alabama. I'm telling you, God is uh, uh, judging this, this, this country and this world. But let's look here. The Bible said in verse 5 that uh, their mind was on evil continually. All they had was, number one, was evil desires. And that's where we live, friend. The majority of the people in our society, their mind is on evil. You'd be surprised how much booze and liquor is consumed in this world every day. You'd be surprised how many people that are hooked on dope and drugs every day. I'm telling you, their mind is consumed with evil. You say, how in the world can that person commit such a crime? It's because... But they feed their mind and they dwell on evil all the time. That's the way it was in Noah's day. And we're getting that way today. Everywhere you turn, it's nothing but filth on the billboards and filth in the store. It's because that's what people think about all the time. Amen. Number two in verse 11. Not only evil desires, but evil deeds... The Bible said that violence had filled the land. You know what? My goodness. They kill them in the mall. They kill them in the post office. They kill them in the school. They kill them in the nursing home. Do you remember about three years ago in North Carolina? That woman's husband, she worked there and they were fighting and he chased her in and she went and hid somewhere and he opened up and killed seven defenseless elderly people that could not defend themselves before they finally shot him down. I'm telling you, Brother Paul, we live in those violent days. I was preaching for Brother Ronnie Simpson and I, he was supposed to take his son out there, the one that is crippled and hip him uh, to go to Montana and so I was going to fill in for him that Sunday, but that Friday, that Friday, his choir director went to a place of business to put his application in. There's a distribution center where they make soft drinks, and there's a man inside there who robbed that place. He killed the, the receptionist for 200 stinking dollars, and that choir director walked in, Brother Joey, to give his application, and that man shot him right in the head and dropped him and killed him. That's the society that we live in. It don't help to let your children play those video games with a blood spurting three foot in the air. That really don't help them. That helps create the violent atmosphere that we live in. Amen. Amen. Violence in the land. It's in the world. The people love violence we've watched it so much till it don't bother us no more you know they put it before us until preacher we come familiar with it and then it's not a big deal anymore i'll tell you something you know how they're rioting over there in greece and and over there there in, in england you wait till the day that they they can't give over here you wait till the day they cut off the, the, the food stamps and the welfare and they quit giving them a place to live. They're going to be rioting in the streets here, friend. 
Oh, listen, and that's a coming. You can't keep printing money when you don't have something to back it up with. Amen? I don't know what in the world, who in the world is running the up there in White House. I think we ought to fire the whole crowd, praise God. Get rid of the whole bunch and start all over with somebody that has a little bit of sense about them and has a little bit of God about them. Amen? You'd think George Bush is still running because they still blame everything on him. And that's been four years ago. The poor guy. They'll be blaming him 10 years from now unless the economy's doing good then he had nothing to do with it amen but if it's bad it's all his fault i'm telling you we live in a very violent world you know what's wonderful to know god's watching over you and me god allowed that man brother ronnie simpson's choir director to be shot god allowed it because that devil could have never done it had God not allowed it to happen. Brother Lucky, the devil ain't going to touch me if God won't let him. Amen and amen. In this violent, wicked world, it's good to know when you go to bed at night that God is watching over my house. Hallelujah. Watching over my wife and watching over, thank God, what we have, what little bit we have. Thank God. Well, listen, he said it's going to be an evil, violent world. And that's where we are. Then he said in verse 12, there's also going to be an evil disposition. This is why that he hasn't destroyed this world like he did in those days. I was reading this, Brother Alfred, and it caught my eye. He said in verse 12, For all flesh hath corrupted his way. You see, all flesh hadn't got there yet. There's a remnant over here. And there's a remnant over there. And I preach for that crowd down in Georgia. And there's some over in Mississippi. And there's some in Tennessee. There's some scattered across this country. In this world. There's missionaries over in Australia. There's some, thank God, in Japan. There's some over there in China. It hasn't all got that way yet. That's why God don't have to apologize to nobody. It hasn't got that way yet. But it's a coming that way. God help us. What we've got to have is an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival in the church where God's people would get honest with God. Quit playing games and say, Lord, I'm not what I used to be. Help me to get back where I used to be. Fire me up. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and let me be what I'm supposed to be for Jesus. Amen. Amen. They were filled with violence. He said all flesh had corrupted. And I'm going to tell you something, Brother Thomas, we're getting that way. Our flesh is wicked. I've never seen so many people in the last two years of being in the ministry of the men who've quit and gotten a mess because of their flesh. Our flesh is corrupt. God help us tonight. Not only we see the condition of the world, but thank God we see the character of Noah. The Bible said, first of all, verse 9, that he was a just man. That means he was subject to the laws of God. You know what that shows you and me? Brother Kevin, your people will tell you from time to time, some of them will, it's about impossible to live for God. Where I work, what I do. Here's a man 
that there was only one person, Brother Larry, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Everybody else was corrupt. And here's a man who was subject to the laws of God. You know what that proved to me, Brother Morgan? That you and I can live for God tonight if we want to. Brother Richard, we're just going to have to make up our mind that we're going to stay with God and the old time way and stay with old time religion. Let people quit. Let them compromise. But stay with what's right. Because if Noah can walk in that day when he's surrounded by everybody that is corrupt and he still walked with God and he still done right, thank God you can do it tonight and so can I. Brother Lucky, we just have to make up our mind. That's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. He was subject to the laws of God. Number two is the sound of man. The Bible uses the word perfect. He was complete. He was a mature man. He was stable, not unstable. Your pastors have your hands full today. Amen. Because people have a hard time today being steady. People say, well, do you preach to other denominations? I said, man, Baptists got enough problems. They keep me busy. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this young preacher out of our church, he's a friend of mine, and I had preached for years where he took a church. And he called me the other day, and he said, man, he said, I got that fellow ironed out pretty good. And he said, now this one blew out. I said, I ain't trying to be a prophet of doom, but it's going to be that way your whole life. About the time you scotch this one up, and that one falls out. And you scotch him up, and then this one falls out over there. That's just the way Baptists are. Amen. But God help us in this last day to be sound, to be stable. Amen. Not to be up and down and in and out, but be steady. Amen. And be found faithful. Thank God. Hey, in the trumpet sound, tonight I want to be found faithful in the house of God and living for Jesus amen amen he was a sound man number three he was a sanctified man the Bible said he walked with God but Kevin maybe you could help me I, I know the Bible said Enoch walked with God I don't know if it says that about anybody else I know Enoch walked with God but the Bible said that Noah walked with God. Brother Thomas, I'm going to tell you how you're going to make it, my brother, as a young Christian. You're going to have to walk with God. I remember as a young man, especially I lived up north in Cleveland. Of course, we had an unusual church. Our church was one of worship, and, and they called us Pentecostals. Amen. We, we were around the things of God in the church that I grew up in. I'm glad I grew up in that. When I went to Tabernacle, that wasn't foreign to me. That was normal to me. Amen. Hey, but God help us. Listen, today, people, they, 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 uh, they, 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 they use an excuse of saying, I can't do that. But I'm telling you, you can do that. You can be sanctified. Amen. You can be sanctified in this day and hour. And Brother Thomas, the only hope you've got is to walk with God. And that gave me my thought I just about lost was this. I heard him, Brother Steve, say, you can walk with God. That man walks with God. And I thought to myself, what does that mean to walk with God? And Brother Kevin, I found out it just means, hallelujah, try to be sanctified and walk with God. And 
and live for Jesus and be consistent. You can walk with God. Amen. I heard him say, that man walks with God. And I said, I don't know what that is, but I want to know what it is. I want part of that. Being sanctified. Noah, he walked with God. Brother Larry, is that known about your life? Is that known about mine, Brother Paul? That you walk with God. Noah, he walked with God. Number three, not only we see the character of Noah, but hallelujah, we see the conscience of God. I like this right here. The Bible said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know why? Number one, because he believed him. Noah believed him. He told him to build an ark. He'd never seen rain. But you know what, Brother Kevin? He built an ark because he believed God. You know what? I, I, the conscience of God is that he's always looking for somebody to give grace to. Isn't that good? <laughs> oh, people say, oh, listen. Well, I tell you, you do wrong, God will tear you up. Well, I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, He'll get a hold of it. There ain't no doubt about it. But He's always, preacher, looking for somebody that He can give some grace to. Thank God, He's looking through all of that, you know, that whole creation. He's trying to find somebody that would believe in Him. And thank God He looked and He found a man who He could give grace to. I'm glad, hallelujah, He came looking for me and gave me grace, amen. I wasn't looking for Him, but He came looking for me and thank God gave me grace hallelujah the conscience of God is he wanted to give grace you know what he's so merciful tonight I believe not only he gave grace because he believed in him but I believe he gave him grace because of his behavior now listen to me don't don't say wait a minute now I ain't talking about working his way to heaven but God likes to give favor to those who favor Him. There's just something about when you try to honor God, He likes that. Brother Patrick, when you and your wife, your little daughter, try to honor God, He just likes that. And I believe that He gives grace to those who are trying to do what he would have them to do. That crowd that always spurns the preaching, they always get mad at what the man of God says and say things like this, well, it's none of his business what I do and I'll do what I want to do. I'm going to tell you something. They're not going to find as much grace as a man who would be subject to the laws of God. You can say what you want to, friend. I believe with all of my heart that Noah had found some grace from God because of his behavior. All flesh around him was corrupt, but Noah, thank God, he said, Lord, I believe you, and I'll walk with you, and I'll do right, amen. Thank God for Noah in the midst of all that that stood for God. In your family, are you the one that's standing for God? In your job, are you the one 
Or are you just like the rest of them? That you tell the same dirty jokes? And I'm going to tell you, church, we're in trouble today. We're, we're, we're so far in trouble. My pastor had done a study on revival in America. And he said the last revival America experienced was in 1857. We haven't had revival in a nation since then. We're long overdue. And here's a man, thank God, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I wonder tonight if there'd be another Noah who would say, Lord, would you help me to make a difference? You know what I've been praying the last three, four weeks or a month or two? I said, Lord, our nation needs revival more than it's ever needed it. And please let me be a part of that somehow. Brother Alfred, I have told the Lord whatever I need to do, whatever I need to give up, whatever I need to quit, whatever I need to add to my life, I want to be a part, hallelujah, of turning this thing around. And I'm going to tell you something, it can be done. Oh, if there'd be enough people who'd be willing, he said, that would turn from their wicked ways. Amen. And trust God and turn to God and give up those things that you've allowed to come between you and God and have separated your fellowship. Hey, we need some knowledge tonight that would find grace and stand up and say, Count me in. I'll be one. I'll make a difference. I'll serve God. I'll be faithful. I'll do right. I'll witness. I'll tell people about Jesus. You can count.